Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome to Right and Wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always is the world's best producer, the truth box himself, Producer Juice. The best in the world. Which means I'm better than just number one. (laughs) Well, other than the old Izzy Mandelbaum humble brag, do you have anything else to say to the folks out there in the right and wrong audience this week? A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, The totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. Well done as usual, my friend. Those always get me all amped up and ready to rock. That makes you think about all the democracy-dying talk coming from the left, doesn't it? Well, I made the trip to Georgia to spend the holiday with uh, the old Juice Box and his family here. So we are recording from the famous Juice Studio. Can you feel the energy on the podcast today, people? Let's go. When I say we're locked and loaded, I mean that both literally and figuratively this week. We have a fun show lined up for you guys. We're going to have a lot to unpack. So we're going to be talking about the old Chuck Schumer comments that he made at the end of last week where he was advocating for less American family building and more immigration to help replace the dying idea of the traditional uh, family. Hmm... Sound a little bit like a replacement theory? Hmm, wonder. Well, uh, we will also be talking about that horrible nightclub shooting in Colorado. We're going to talk about how the narrative and framing that comes um, after something like that gets thrown around uh, by, you know, all the major news channels and everything out there. They love to pounce on these tragedies. We also got a bunch of rights and wrongs lined up for you for the rights and wrongs of the week. Keep getting some awesome, positive feedback from that segment. You guys would be surprised about the right and wrong show email address. That thing gets blown up each week with comments about the rights and the wrongs. So thank you for your positive feedback out there, everybody. And lastly, to wrap things up on the show, we're going to be exploring a rap song that, you know, I'll let you guys determine if the message being sent in that is a healthy one or a crazy one. And that's going to be in our Come On Man segment of the day. Well, I'm fired up. The truth box over there is fired up. I know you guys are all fired up out there. So that can only mean one more thing left to do. Let's bring our buddy, old Mr. Ric Flair, out because it is showtime, baby. 
I've been feeling a little off lately. Nothing crazy, just, you know, your typical mundane day-to-day type of stuff. The same kind of stuff that I'm sure y'all are going through every day. Most of you know that I packed up my family, quit my job, and left the only place I've ever called home just four short months ago. With this being so new and so fresh comes the inevitable feeling of, did we make the right choice? Are the kids adjusting well? Do we fit in here? I worry about my wife. Is she going to regret having trust that we made the right choice? Her sister just had a baby last week, and now my wife needs to wait a month to meet her niece, and that's because of the life-changing decision we made. Am I doing enough to make that sacrifice feel like it's worth it? I'm trying to adjust and to succeed at a completely new career. Am I studying my craft enough to be great at it and to provide for my family? I'm also trying to develop and succeed at being a podcast host. You guys are very familiar with that. I'll admit I have fun talking about the stuff that we talk about here on the show, but I really, really, really want to succeed at this. So I put time into thinking about the stuff we're going to talk about on the show. But that time has to come from somewhere. So is this really the right thing to be doing? Better be worth it, right? Oh, yeah. Don't forget, uh, subscribe to the show and give us a five-star review. (laughs) Well, anyway, that's just a long way of me trying to say that we live busy lives. And oftentimes we live through some doubt and uncertainty. How do we deal with these feelings? What do we do to push through and continue on our path? We have faith. We trust the process. We know that hard work isn't rewarded at the snap of a finger. We know that we must work every day to develop our own self-discipline and to keep fueling our healthy habits. We all know the path to follow to achieve greatness, but most of us lack the discipline required to reach our highest potential. I'll be honest with you. Do you know what the first thing I sacrificed when trying to prioritize this feeling of being pulled in a million different directions? I sacrificed showing up in person at church every week with my family. I know, it's crazy, right? I talk a lot about religion and how it helps shape my politics, but after the move, regular attendance at Mass has been inconsistent, and honestly, it was bothering me. But I suspect I did the same thing that most of you do. I committed to going each week in my own head, and then inevitably, when the time would come to start getting ready, I'd find a reason to back out. It wouldn't just be for no reason, but I still could have worked harder to make it work as well. First and foremost, I miss my priest from back home. I really do. His style was perfect. He'd be funny at times, and he always nailed the message. I was also working on Sundays for a while there, and and instead of going on Saturday, I kept telling myself, it's only a few more weeks until I'm off on Sundays again. Now that I'm off on Sundays, the flip side of that is that I actually work late on Saturday nights. So I've been getting home around two in the morning. Then it ends up, Taking, you know, a little bit of time to actually fall asleep and blah, 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 blah. Point being that I'd set my alarm with the fullest of intentions of getting up and going to church in the morning, but then just snooze, 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 back to back to back until it was time to skip mass. Well, I'm happy to say that I finally broke that streak this past weekend and attended attended church with my family on Sunday. It felt so nice to be back in the building. The ease that passes over your mind when you enter is its a real thing. Not a joke. Hearing the sounds of the organ, listening to the words that are being sung, and seeing Jesus on the cross, it's powerful stuff. 
And guess what? The message delivered in the homily spoke directly to me this week. The priest was making the point that Jesus laid out a blueprint for us to follow. And following that blueprint was the way to save our eternal souls. He made the point that he's worried that when our time comes, we'll be judged on the things we didn't do rather than the things that we did do. That spoke to me because I felt like I made the choice to blow off church. Not saying that I didn't have some valid reasons to do it at times, but at the end of the day, I still didn't go. The truth box made the point that you never feel worse after attending church, but anytime you skip it or blow it off, you end up regretting it afterwards. It takes discipline to commit to going to church each week. Everything in life worth doing takes discipline. It takes discipline to work out and to eat right. It takes discipline to parent your children and fulfill your marriage vows. And it takes discipline to develop and to grow your commitment to God. But what I'm slowly starting to realize is that if you're able to prioritize God at the top of your discipline pyramid, then that discipline will spread to all other aspects of your life. The left spends so much time trying to remove religious life from the political life by citing separation of church and state. I say there's no way for a religious person to remove their religious beliefs from their day-to-day lives. If you believe in God and try to follow Jesus' blueprint, then that's a 24-7 thing. The separation of church and state is not to remove religion from the public square. It's to prevent the government from mandating a religion on their people. The left has succeeded at replacing God with the God of leftism. And you better believe they've inserted their religion into the public square. The saying is, in God we trust. We say, one nation under God. Our public leaders, they get sworn into office by placing their right hand on a Bible. The Bible puts you under oath in a courtroom. If we don't believe in God, then those oaths, those words, they have no meaning. It's time we start to remember that God was never meant to be removed. And it's that time in the show when we're going to bring you our rights of the week. Let's kick things off right away here, Mr. Juice Manzada, with the number five right of the week. And we're going to go with, uh, out to our buddy, Mr. Primetime himself, Alex Stein. And let's hear what he had to say to a bunch of Antifa clowns trying to hold down a drag queen story hour somewhere. So in this video, all these guys were out there and they're dressed up in all black with their with their little rifle guns they had and their signs. And they were trying to keep a, like I said, drag queen story hour alive. And, uh, you know, that's not going to happen on primetime's watch. So Mr. Alex Stein went and showed up and recorded a little something like this. Juice? Number five. Get out of my way. Oh, my God, guys. I'm so scared. The Antifa, they brought their play guns, their squirt guns. Oh, my God. Your arts and crafts time. Did this did this mess up your arts and crafts time? You guys think you'll be able to go home and play with us? Why, why, why is it so tiny? Look how scary they are. Oh, my God. This guy's so scared. I'm so scared. He's got his gun. His big gun. He's a big, bad guy. Oh, my God. I'm so happy you're protecting these children so they can go get indoctrinated. And go in there for transgender story time. You're such a good American. God bless this guy. Look at him. I'm scared. How dare you? I mean, these people, these are the real cowards. They're hiding behind their masks. They got their little guns. They think they're so tough. We're at a bookstore here in Denton, Texas, where they're trying to do 
Drag queen story hour. And of course, the typical people here with their mask on, not able to actually stand up for what they believe in because they're all cowards. I love it. They're all cowards. He's so right. They cover their faces. They got all black on, goggles, mask, you name it, with their fake-looking guns trying to stand there looking tough, and Alex Stein just gets right up in their face, like, making fun of them like that. It's awesome. Keep up the great work, Primetime. Next. Come on, come get it. The number four right of the week is going to go to the interim coach of the Indianapolis Colts, former player Mr. Jeff Saturday. And I'll be honest, I uh, never really liked Jeff Saturday when he played hated the Colts, but kind of like what he had to say in this in this press conference when they were uh, questioning his, you know, skill set since he's never actually coached before. And this is what he had to say. Number four. Here's a deal. Everybody talks about my I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about are you as qualified as somebody else, bro? I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to playoffs 12 times. I had I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, won Super Bowls, been to two. Like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. And you know what? I love it. It's a great message because I, like most football fans out there, was like, Jeff Saturday, interim coach. Like, I was surprised by that. And I was like, oh, what a clown show that is. But hearing the way he approaches it and those comments there, that makes me want to root for the guy. And I think about it, uh, you know, I try to make everything about me. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But, uh, you know, I'm an amateur here in front of a microphone trying to do a podcast. So I try to approach this the same way Saturday is approaching that where it's like okay you want to doubt me if you want I might not be you know someone who has the background in it but I have a voice I have an opinion and I'm going to share that with you and that's what I'm going to do and I like that Saturday was like you know what even if I stink at it I'm going to come here I'm going to work my ass off I'm going to give it my all and I might be good I might be good at it and you know what I know how to be a leader of men and you know what I know how to run my mouth in front of a microphone so me and him got a little something in common next get the job done All right, the number three right of the week this week is going to go out to uh, President Unity. Yep, yep. Nope, not the current form that he took um, when he's gone completely woke and catered to his progressive wing. We're going back to the year 2006 to find out what Mr. Joe Biden, President Unity himself, thought about some of the issues that uh, he seems to have a pretty strong stance on nowadays. So let's hear what Joe Biden's thoughts were back in 2006. Juice? Number three, we are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, avian flu. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough police officers. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? (laughs) That one didn't age too well, did it, President Unity? Amen to that. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Said it right there. That was a normal talking point for a Democrat uh, back in 2006. Look how far things have come now. 
Not only is marriage between whoever you want it to be, but we can also trans our kids and put them on sex hormones and chemically castrate them. And President Unity will be in favor of that. So just a little something to think about. Next. Not a joke. Think about it. Think about what you'd think about. The number two right of the week is going to go out to this uh, woman who put out a, I think it was a TikTok, but she used to be a pretty strong, passionate feminist, and uh, she was able to see the light. So let's hear what she had to say. Juice. Number two. Feminism is a scam. A few years ago, I was an angry, blue-haired feminist. I once believed that male privilege was real and that I was a victim of the wage gap. Now that I understand the true motives of feminism, I know that this could not be further from the truth and that modern-day feminism is a war on true masculinity. Before women had the right to vote, most were stay-at-home wives, which meant they weren't working jobs and couldn't be taxed. Our overlords didn't like that. Rockefeller started funding feminist campaigns in media, and as a consequence of the movement, women started entering the workforce and leaving the home. Children would then be separated from their parents and sent to Rockefeller-funded schools to be indoctrinated by the state. All of this ultimately disrupting the family unit at its core. Feminism is defined as the belief in social, economic, and political equality of the sexes. But in the West, I must ask, what rights do men have that women don't? Modern feminists are convincing women that hookup culture, using hormonal birth control, and not shaving is liberation. That toxic masculinity is prevalent and the patriarchy must be dismantled. Through movies and media, we're taught that working for the man, climbing the corporate ladder, and paying tax is more empowering and valuable than raising the next generation. Women have lost touch with our natural loving instincts, and birth rates are plummeting. Men and women are not the same. And by protesting for equality of outcome rather than opportunity, feminists are demonizing and emasculating men. Yep. Great, great point. And you really got to think what it's all about. And I think she nailed it with that. Uh, getting them out of the house, getting them to be taxable humans out there. It's not about trying to trying to become equal to men and women and all that. They just want equal worker bees out there, taxable worker bees, and that whole separating the family unit, turning them over to the indoctrination camps, the government-funded, government-run school systems at the earliest age possible. That's what it's all about. Next. All right, the number one right of the week comes from a story that was actually on um, 60 Minutes. So we want to give props to them for actually covering a story like this. And it's all about the differences between the TikTok algorithm over in China, where it came from, and the TikTok algorithm uh, released here in America and other places over the, uh, throughout the world. So why don't we uh, see what this report was all about? Juice? Number one right of the week. In their version of TikTok, if you're under 14 years old, they show you science experiments you can do at home, museum exhibits, patriotism videos, and educational videos. And they also limit it to only 40 minutes per day. Now, they don't ship that version of TikTok to the rest of the world. So it's almost like they recognize that technology is influencing kids' development, and they make their domestic version a spinach version of TikTok, while they ship the opium version to the rest of the world. There's a survey of preteens in the US and China asking what is the most aspirational career that you want to have. In the US, the number one was influencer. And in China, the number one was astronaut. Again, you allow those two societies to play out for a few generations, I can tell you what your world is going to look like. Wow. Like I said, we'll give a tip of the cap to 60 Minutes for actually covering that. To that gentleman for speaking out about it. 
Uh, but that really makes you think, huh? Like, trying to dumb down us, trying to dumb down the rest of the world while you are enriching and fulfilling and, you know, grooming in a good way the young minds in your own country back in China to become successful, not dumbing them down and trying to make them, you know, mush, basically, like over here. So, I don't know. Seems a little crazy to me, but uh, I don't doubt it at all. And to me, that's one of the big problems with our society, our culture, and, you know, that stereotypical lazy, you know, head in his phone all the time, scrolling Facebook, chubby, out of shape American. That's like the stereotype of an American right now. <laughs> and look at how we're treating our children versus how China treats their children. That's all we need to see. And I guess that'll do it for our rights of the week. That was five glorious rights. Thank you again, Mr. Juice Menzada for coming up with those and uh we'll get to those wrongs later on in the show next so you may or may not have heard of uh what the democrats have referred to for years and years and years as this great replacement theory so they used to openly talk about it they used to advocate for it and they used to always you know push that narrative until that became unpopular, until that became something that uh, could be used against them by their Republican counterparts. Now, what is this replacement theory that you speak of, Brian? I'm glad you guys asked. The replacement theory by the Democrats was uh, this whole idea that the more and more immigrants they could let into the country, the more and more people they could come have flood the borders, come over the borders and into our country, whether they're documented or not, that amount of people that they would have on government-funded programs that the Democrats could sell them uh, a bill of rights to come vote Democratic, that would give them an entire voting block, voting wing that would never vote against them for the rest of time. Hence, replace you know people like you or me, uh, people who immigrated here with the idea of assimilating to the American culture, the American country, to our way of life, to better their life, to chase that American dream. They don't want those types of immigrants coming in. They want immigrants that are going to be dependent upon them. So that was the great replacement theory that they would so brazenly speak about a few years ago. Now they try to couch that a little bit more. They try to be a little bit more suave with the way they talk about it. So it was kind of striking to hear Chuck Schumer uh, get up there a couple days ago. I think it was, you know, maybe two weeks ago now, a week and a half, but talking about what they're going to do uh, in the Senate in the next um, session coming up. And listen to some of the stuff that he had to say here. I think we still got that clip. Juice, you got that for us? You think you can work that in for me? All right. Beautiful. Here it is. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Oh, man, this guy. 
first just brushes off the fact that we're not producing at a high enough level here in, in this country, the people that are already here. Hmm. Wonder why. Maybe is it because we're murdering millions and millions of babies every year through the act of legal abortion in this country? You think that might have something to do with it? You think because maybe the left has driven a wedge right down the middle of families? They've ripped mothers away from children. They've divided mothers and fathers. They've removed the family institution, basically, from our way of life. You think that might have something to do with why we're not producing enough children? What about Joe Biden's record inflation? All these crazy pipe dream, go green policies that the left promotes. These handout type of things welfare system, Medicare, Social Security, uh, government jobs left and right. Boom, 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 boom. Maybe stuff like that is hiking up these prices that now requires both parents to get hooked on that drug called money to both get out there in the workforce and not be home raising children, not be home making children, not be home trying to form a family. They want to remove that from our lives. And they're happy to do that. And you know what? They got a whole wave. What do you say? 11 some odd documented or undocumented immigrants waiting in the wings to replace the rest of us. And they don't care. The Dems, the Libs, the left, progressives, whatever you want to call them, they don't care. They just want to be in control. That's the way their system works. The less people at the top of the food chain, everybody else just eating out of the troughs. That's the way they want things to go. And he's out there promoting that, talking about it, getting round of chairs for it, because he's got a whole group of immigration advocates there that are just clapping along like trained seals for him. And they could fix the problem going on on the border if they wanted to. Let's tell him that. Let's see if he'd take that deal. Oh, we'll work with you on your dreamers. Let's finish building the wall. We'll work with you on your dreamers. Why don't we take all that money that you did to fund the IRS agents, turn those into ICE agents, put them at the borders. They won't do that. They want nothing to do with that because they don't care. They're not serious about it. They, they are users and abusers, just like they do with everything else. They're using the immigrant vote or they, they want to use sympathy for an immigrant, uh, call them the dreamers. They want to do that type of stuff so that ultimately they can just turn that into a locked and loaded Democratic vote every four years, every two years, every six years. That's what they're all about. Not about fixing the problem. They want the problem to be this. They want it to remain like this. They're okay with the broken border system we have right now because it's allowing people to flood our country. And those are their replacement candidates. I don't know about you. I'm not giving up my seat to Shane Falco. See you later. You're not replacing us, baby. Because we're here to stay. We're not going to sit back quietly and take it. Especially not from you, Chucky. So let's get ready to cringe. Yes, my friends. It is that time in the show where we bring you the Rungs of the week. So let's get right into things. 
and uh, kick it off with the old number five wrong of the week. Uh, and we are ready for you, Mr. Juice. Number five. And vaccinated and unboosted versus vaccinated plus boosted. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get boosted. But the real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated. So that's where we expect if we're going to see a problem this winter, it's going to. Nope. The real danger, Dr. Fauci, is anybody who's actually still listening to you in the year uh, in the month of November in the year 2022. <laughs> actually, no, we will not listen to you, my friend. You're a tool. Uh, please go retire. And even after you enter retirement, I hope Rand Paul and uh, some of our Republican friends over there in the House come after you, make you answer for the stuff you've done. So that's what you have waiting for you, my friend. Nobody's listening to your nonsense anymore. Get out of here. Next. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> All right. The number four wrong of the week is going to go to Governor-elect uh, Kathy Hochul over there in New York City because there's a lot of crime going on there. And who's to blame for that? You guessed it. White supremacy. Juice. Number four. White supremacists, right-wing extremists, and domestic terrorists trying to stoke fear in the hearts of New Yorkers. They want us to think twice about our safety before we worship, before we get on a subway, before we go dancing with our friends. But we know here in New York, it is this very diversity that has made us vulnerable to these attacks. But this is what has made us the most fascinating place on this planet. Nope, not very fascinating at all. What's your uh, Mayor Adams say there? <laughs> New York's a brand, man. Yeah, you're a brand where you're going to go get mugged, beat up, raped, attacked. Sure, you want that to be your brand, but that's what you are. And it's not because of white supremacists or MAGA extremists. It's because you guys are morons and you don't put criminals in jail. You let them out with slaps on the wrist. You let them out on um, soft bail prices. You give them 15 different strikes instead of locking their asses up and throwing away the key. That's why you're in the position you're in. So get out of here with your extremist white supremacist nonsense. That's not going to fly anymore. Next. All right. Let's go over to this one here. We have a uh, pronoun freak on our hands here. And let's see which what we have to work with on this one here. What are they going to come up with next? Juice. Number three. Gender is complicated because I would rather not be associated with it to the point where I would rather not be a human or even an animal. I would like to be an inanimate object. So I use it, its pronouns, but nobody uses them for me. I just have them in my bio. Nobody's comfortable with them. But I would like people to use them because that further removes me from the gender binary to the point where I am just an object, just a piece of grass, if you will. Um, so I would just like to not be a human being, um, let alone have a gender. Uh, well, you can't, so just not going to happen. Uh, it, shit, wit, pit, fit, whatever you want to be called. I don't know what you want to be called because that does not make sense. We speak English here. It's a, it's a language pretty popular out there. Um, and you'd be considered a her, a she, a female, a girl, 
a sister, a mother, a grandmother, but you're not a father, you're not an it, you're not a staple, you're not a pen, you're not a wall, you're not a thing. You're a person who I assume has a vagina and girl parts all over. Um, and that's just who you are. That's what you are. So you're not going to be more special than anybody else because you want to be an it when you're a she. That's just how the world works, my friend. And you need to accept that. And you need some therapy. You need some counseling. And you need some adults in your life who are going to lead you down that right path. Because you're not a mug. You're not a chair. And you certainly are not sane. So you need some help. Next. All right. Let's go to America's favorite press secretary, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Look at me misgendering people. She'd be the none other than Miss Karine Jean-Pierre. KJP. Juice. Number two. I will say this, and I've said this many times before, we do not politicize the Department of Justice. That is something that the president said uh, during the campaign. That is something that the president said in his early days of of, of being uh, in the White House. And that continues to be true. <laughs> you said, what? What? You do not politicize the Department of Justice? And what? You just happen to be raiding your chief political rival for no reason? You happen to be uh, targeting the former president who's announced already that he's running for re-election? Yeah, oh, no, no, nothing political there. You absolute bullshitters. What a lie. And she says that with a straight face to us. Come on, man. That is just not cool. Next. All right, and our number one wrong of the week is going to go out to... Come a ding dong. Yeah. What did she have to say this time? Oh, man. She just loves some stuff, that lady. She gets so excited over things. And what do you think it could have been this time? Juice? Number one, wrong of the week. The way that I think about it is, you know, like relay racing. You know, you race and someone passes the baton and then, Right. So that's what life is. It's basically a relay race. And so the people who are heroes, whichever gender they are, they ran their part of the race, and then they passed us a baton. And the question is, what will we do with the time we carry the baton? Which means there's no time to get tired. Come on. Right? You're going to pass that baton at some point, but right now you're carrying it. And the question is, what are you doing with it? (laughs) Can't wait till the Democratic Party passes her from her baton holding post. She's done. You know they're not going to let her run again with Biden if they prop him up for another four years after this. Right. You're going to run with that baton, looking to pass it off to somebody and no one's going to be there. They're just going to tell you, keep running. It's like that kid you played football with that was terrible. Hey, go deep. Come Ella, go deep. Yep, yep, keep going. Keep going. And she's like, <laughs> are they going to throw the ball to me? I should just keep running, right? Right? Do I do I run? Just, just down the street? Come on. Just keep running? I am a little girl. I am that little girl who runs down the street. Right? 
Because... <laughs> right? Are you going to throw the ball to me? Right? I, I like batons. Balls. I like diagrams, too. Venn diagrams. I like everything. Electricity! <laughs> Pass the baton. Right? Uh, right? Batons. Hello? Is anybody still there? Where am I? Do I still have a career? I'm black. I'm female. Come on. (laughs) Is this thing on? What a tool that lady is. Oh, man. I I literally feel like we get dumber and dumber anytime we listen to her, anytime we play one of her clips. But they're great for the podcast business. Tell you that thing. Firsthand, ladies and gentlemen. I get excited when we get a Carmella bomb on here. Well, with that being said, she earned her spot as the number one wrong of the week. And that'll do it for this segment. So thank you guys so much. And Juice, keep up that great work. Next. All right, so everybody's heard by now about this uh, shooting in Colorado at the gay nightclub. And, of course, the left freaked out, as usual, and wanted to blame it on right-wing bigotry and, you know, this dangerous rhetoric coming from these extremist, far-right white supremacists uh, out there in the media. You know, the Tucker Carlson's of the world, Ben Shapiro's of the world, Matt Walsh's of the world. Everybody uh, and anybody who, you know, is against Drag Queen Story Hour or against, you know, pushing the LGBTQ agenda on everybody else in our school system. I mean, I'm sure I'm part of the reason, too. Every, every one of us. Anybody who doesn't think that it's great to watch, you know, grown men dance around in burlesque type shows in front of your five-year-old, if you think that that's wrong... You're part of the problem and helped fuel this shooter in Colorado. Uh, I think AOC was ripping into Lauren Boebert for her, you know, Boebert putting out a tweet about keeping people every in her prayers and thoughts and, and AOC coming back with, this is part your problem. You know, people like you who promote guns and violence with your dangerous, hurtful rhetoric are to blame for this. And that's the name of the game. That's what they like to do. That's that's where they want to go with this. But at the end of the day, just because you oppose Drag Queen Story Hour doesn't mean that you support a psychopath going and shooting up a nightclub. That's not the same thing. And the left loves trying to tie this stuff together. And they use that for a reason why um, speech needs to be banned on Twitter. People need to be removed from the public forum, that type of stuff. But did you know, when looking into the shooter in this incident, he happened to get arrested for threatening to bomb his own mother a year ago, and he walked away from it. No problem. Not, I want to say slap on the wrist, but that's, that, the slap on the wrist would have been too harsh. And you know what Colorado has? You know what his area has? One of these progressive DAs who refused to prosecute him, dropped the case, let him go. You know what would have prevented this 
young psychopath from getting a gun, owning it, and using that gun to go in and shoot up a nightclub. The red flag laws that are in place that that are supposed to be used to catch people like this when they do do something crazy like threaten to bomb their mother and kidnap their own mother. Maybe somebody like that should not have the capacity to get a gun. No problem in, in, in my mind. Take his right to a gun away from him. He deserves to have his right taken away. But instead, the left wants to use red flag laws to just try and find somebody who ha- actually has a red flag hanging from their street, hanging from their home. Somebody who voted Republican and is proud to wear the color red. You wear a red tie. That's a red flag law. Take him out. Meanwhile, someone who actually does something stupid and crazy does not get a red flag law used to prevent him to get more guns, ammunition, whatever it may be. But they want to use something like this to take away just your regular average Joe's right to own a gun. I mean, all of these things go back to the same thing we talk about all the time on this show. What kind of family life did this kid have? What kind of environment did he grow up in? Where were the warning signs? Who saw them and what did they do about them? They wait until it's too late and then want to come back and play the blame game. And the narrative has gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with this nut job. Because as soon as he got arrested, then he wants to be, be going by them, they. That's how he identifies now. So the left doesn't know what to do with that. You have Allison Camarado up there on, on CNN misgendering the hell out of this person. Well, I guess he wants to go by uh, a them, they pronoun now. Uh, I don't know where this came from. He'd never done this before in his life. Oh, she wouldn't respect those pronouns for this person, but you better respect them for everybody else. And that's the problem when you play this stupid game of the pronoun police. Now you're at the whims to this nut job, who I'm sure is just trying to game the system with that. And then they think they have the narrative back when they drag out his uh, porn star methed up father who was never in his life. Someone interviewed that clown asking him about it. And the guy's reaction was like, oh, my son wasn't gay, though. So the left is like, see, see, this guy had a homophobic father. And I'm sitting here like, from my point of view, see, see, this guy's father's a porn star who's methed out, missing half his teeth, who was never in the kid's life. What kind of role model is that? What kind of life did this kid live? It's absolutely absurd. The nonsense that gets played behind these things. People, it's pretty simple. Promote healthy families in our culture, in our world. Keep family units intact. Reward people for raising families. Set up our systems to benefit families, not to break them up. We need to get past this point that we're at right now. We need to bring back the healthy nuclear family. And focus on it. That's the way forward. That's the future. If we let that go, if we continue to let it go down the way it's going, then we're a lost nation. We're going to be a lost country. And we will fall just like every other great civilization has done before us. All right. 
right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it is almost the end of the show today, and I did go the entire time without mentioning that this is our Larry Bird episode number 33. Thank you very much. So we got uh, just about wrapped up with 33 episodes, and what else could we bring for you that we haven't done yet but uh, explore the world of rap entertainment these days? Let's um, pull this one out of the woodwork. It's been going around. A lot of people have been, you know, sharing their two cents about it. But this song, uh, you know, some of you older folks out there, you might have trouble keeping up. It's filthy. Uh, my man Juice is going to have his finger on the uh, bleep button ready. And this entire song is all about how this woman enjoys and plans on getting abortions rather than having children. Yes, let that sink in for a minute. We're about to play this. Um, if you have children around, might not want them here in this one, but it is uh, pretty disgusting, and I'm sure will make your stomach turn. So with that awesome buildup, why don't we uh, just get right to this uh, song, and I use that word loosely, Juice. That girl should be ashamed of herself. Whoever produced that beat should be ashamed of themselves. Whoever helped get that song made should be ashamed of themselves. That is absolutely disgusting. I cannot believe somebody sang those words. Happy, dancing, proud about that. Going to the clinic, I've got murder on my mind. I'm baby daddy free. Ugh, disgusting. Spelling out I'm aborting. I forgot my plan to be my plan B. Ugh. 
that is tragic right there. And that goes as entertainment. That goes like, like oh, that's culture. That that's the music that this generation's listening to. That is ridiculous. Man, I'd be ashamed if I was associated with something like that. And the fact that that could get made, could be produced, could be recorded, and could be out there for the masses tells you everything you need to know about what's wrong with this culture and this society that we live in. Seriously. I, again, I know we talk about this stuff all the time, but maybe if we had um, less people up there blaming white supremacist mega, you know, extremists for all their problems... If we, if we didn't have people doing that all the time and we actually started promoting uh, some positivity in, in the world we live in, supporting families, protecting lives, maybe that would seep into our mindsets a little bit more. You know, politics is downstream from culture. Culture is also downstream from politics in a way because the things that we allow in our society, the things that we allow to be legal, to be illegal to be frowned upon not frowned upon those things affect the culture we're in too there's a reason why uh you take a movie like dirty dancing from the 80s and it was a it was a shady you know disgusting act of of that girl getting the abortion from from the main character's dad it was it was something you know bad awful not good not wanting to do he was he was disgusted taking part in it where nowadays that would have been, he, he probably would have paired that girl up with baby. Oh, take after this girl. Look, she just got an abortion. Strong woman there. Look at the way that type of stuff shifts in the culture we live in, in the entertainment we consume. That lady's a joke. And anybody who supports that, who listened to that, who, who gives that any bit of, of positive recognition, you're a joke as well. That is disgusting. I originally like was going to try to make fun of that girl in rap form myself, but I don't even have the energy to do that. I don't even want to because that like I don't even feel like having fun with that one. That's how bad that is. Honestly, it makes my stomach turn having to listen to those lyrics again. Ugh, it's absolutely disgusting. And that, my friend, is why you have earned yourself one big, fat, classic Come on, man. And that's our show for today. Happy 33rd episode, Larry Bird episode, in the can, as they say. Uh, it was a great, great weekend. I know we got to you a little bit late, but that's because me and the Juice Manzato were mixing it up with our families over Thanksgiving here. So, you know, things got a little bit hectic along the way, but we still got the show recorded. So thank you for sticking in there with us. Sorry for the delay, and hopefully you enjoyed the product still. Juice, my man, it's been real. Thank you for letting me use the famous Juice Studio to get all the recording done. Uh, until next time, I guess I don't have anything else to say to you guys except thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.